It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Balboni, Miles Simmons, and Will Bryan. That's right. It's that time of the week. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour Podcast. Kristen here with Miles and Will. And guys, we have a lot of exciting news to talk about this week. We know a lot more about training camp and and a little bit more about what the season should look like. We're going to talk about the reveal of Charlotte Football Club. We we finally know now what the Charlotte MLS team is going to be named. We, we've got the crest. We've got the colors. We've got the name. So, so excited to talk about that with both of you um but but first and foremost everyone doing well i'm okay you know <laughs> <laughs> that's about standard don't sound miles. so excited miles I'm okay. <laughs> uh, you know no it was good you know i well i spent the last uh, i spent last week up in cleveland and got to see my mom for a little bit and was still working up there but yeah so it was nice to be around another human for a little bit and no i'm not so you know uh, I guess I'm back to my, my normal, eh, you know. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, good for the soul getting to, to see parents, uh, no doubt about it, getting to see family, especially in these times. So let's jump right into it. Um, we have learned a lot in the past few days about what training camp is going to look like, what it might look like. Testing has started, um, especially with the rookies. So, Miles, why don't you fill us in on the latest and what we know now about uh, what the NFL and NFLPA have agreed to and and where we still um, have room for negotiations? Yeah, so I, I guess let's just start with what we know about where the Panthers are. So, good thing earlier that happened this that happened earlier this week, all the rest of the Panthers' uh, rookie draft picks signed their contracts. So, all those guys from the second to seventh round, you know, the Etrue Gross Matos of the world, Jeremy Chen, et cetera, et cetera, uh, those guys signed their contracts. So, that's good. I, I think that. You know, we already saw Derek Brown had signed his contract. Mm-hmm. That was all the way back in May. So that's one thing that that's good for the Panthers. Okay, now what happens? They Have they technically reported yet? I mean, yes, kind of. Um, but at the same time, at this point, what we know is that with the latest agreement between the NFL and the, P- and the NFLPA, so players need to take two COVID-19 tests separated by at least 72 hours. And you have to test negative for each of those things. Um, before you can enter the facility. So the first day at this point, since players have already, these rookies have already started to get tested, first day that they would possibly be able to get into the building would be Saturday in order to take their physicals. So that's where we are with the Panthers right now. And I think if you look at where the veterans come into play, as they start to get integrated into more things over the course of the next week, then it's going to be the same. You have to get one test. Basically what happens is they're gonna drive, they drive up to the stadium, they get swabbed, um, and then they drive away. And then you have to get another test basically in the exact same way 72 hours later. So right now it's basically trying to get into the process of everybody even being possibly able to get into the stadium. Coaches are going through that same process as well. So that's where the Panthers are. Now, as we sort of expand that to a league-wide view, it's, at this point, we're not expected to see any preseason games. That's something that the NFL has apparently offered the NFLPA, and it's something that the PA has been pushing for for a long time because 
as they put it, there's no health and safety reason that you need to have preseason games. And everything right now should be focused on health and safety. So that's also something that it appears that we are going to see. I don't believe it is finalized as we are recording this, though, at about, you know, 1230 Eastern time here on Wednesday, July 22nd. So but I expect that we'll see that finalized um, certainly very soon. And also, as I've been reading these reports, it looks like there are probably going to be only 80 players in training camp, which is kind of interesting, um, especially because, look, in the offseason, you have 90 players on your roster. That's pretty standard. The Panthers have about 88 right now, so flatly, it just means that eight guys are going to lose their jobs without ever being able to be on the field for this coaching staff. And honestly, that just kind of stinks um, because you never really got to show what you can do. Now, later on... It, there are also these rumors that there could be up to 16 guys on a practice squad. Um, so that could give you basically a little roster flexibility to up to about 71 players between uh, the 53 that are on the standard roster. They, with this new CBA, you basically have two guys uh, that are more flex players, and they're usually on the offensive line, as I understand it. So that gives you kind of 55. And then with the 16, that would take you up to 71. So... I know that's a lot of information, and I feel like I was talking for a really long time, but that's sort of where we are in terms of what this picture can look like heading into the season, and there still is a lot yet to be determined. I think you summed it up great. There's a lot of information to go through and a lot of points that um, are being negotiated, and I thought you did a great job summing it up, and you were talking for a while, but I, I would have gone on for 10 minutes longer, truly, trying to get all those points across, so... Uh, a plus job on that. And then, of course, one of the big things that I did want to mention that is still being negotiated is the ramp up process. Um, once testing is over, the NFLPA wants a, a longer a time in terms of strength and conditioning. Um, uh, Miles, you mentioned the, the no preseason games, but uh, there is a there is right now um, a separation in terms of what they want that schedule to look like once we actually get into a, a real training camp. Um, Will, what do you make of all this? Because, you know, there are still so many unanswered questions, but it does feel like, I remember when we recorded this last week, there was so much we didn't know. It does feel like now the the ball is starting to get rolling. We really have some some real answers, more answers on things than not. I, you know, I think it's it's definitely a fingers crossed scenario. Things feel better this week. You know, hopefully we continue to, to feel even better next week. You know, I, I think as guys start to get tested, you're going to start to see all the reports of, you know, X number of, of NFL players, you know, test positive. Um, you know, that that was the same thing that happened when um, NBA players reported down to uh, to the bubble in Orlando. Um, you know, hopefully that, that number isn't too big and hopefully everyone's relatively safe within it. But those things are going to start happening. Um, we're going to start getting that. I mean, we all understand this intellectually, but I think the term training camp it just is so out the window. You know, everyone's yeah. so used to, all right, this week means – we're all going down to Spartanburg by, you know, there's the opening night practice. Everyone's got, you know, the shells on and they're going through this. And, you know, then, you know, uh, pads come on three days later and you're on the hill and you're watching practice. And, you know, all we know we know that that's all gone. But until it starts happening and you're like, wow, this is really not training camp anymore. You know, this is what April was used to be, you know, which is yeah. conditioning. It's lifting. It's, it's all of those things in different groups to try to be somewhat socially distant. You know what we're able to talk about these things are different you know we're not doing necessarily training camp observations or practice reports uh you know all of that's going to be different so 
at least for the the first little bit um for the first couple weeks so i it's just it's going to be a shock to the system but at the same time hopefully things continue in a positive direction the league comes together the players come together they there's so many things to figure out you know obviously they figured out some or they seem to have right now but there's there's just still a laundry list of details they have to start ironing out before we get to september and we'll certainly be you know keeping an eye on on all of that i'm sure more news will be coming out within the next few days as they continue um these talks and continue to to come to an agreement on certain things but you know of course the the health and safety of the players and their families is the most important thing and so it's it's nice to see that we are getting to a place where the NFL and NFLPA can agree on uh, training measures that the players feel are are safe for them to to go back in and start this process. Um, sure. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, sorry, Kristen, I just want to add one thing. So, like, I want to add one thing off of what Will was saying. So, basically, as our understanding is right now, with that ramp up period, that would be somewhere in the realm of like ten ish to fifteen ish days. Of mm-hmm. practice and the players want it to be a little bit longer they want to 21 days of the ramping up period so i, I think it'll they'll probably compromise and it'll fall somewhere in there but at this point it seems like the first time that players will actually really be practicing would be mid-august so you're talking like august 15th to 17th so that is a significant ramping up period and they want that because of the experience of going through the 2011 lockout when players got back on the field after no off-season program you know no off-season practices and things like that and there were a lot of ACL injuries. There were a lot of Achilles injuries. And I was talking to Russell Kung a little bit about this because he's one of the few guys. I mean, he's going into his 11th year. He was in the league when that happened. And he said that that's one of the lessons they learned, that health and safety has to be paramount. And they need a ramping up period like this in order to really make sure that they're all going to be healthy. So that's that's another important part of where they stand. But I think if they're doing – the good thing about being – in the building and being able to do strength and conditioning is that they can start to do walkthroughs. So that means that finally they're going to be able to take what they learned in that virtual offseason program and put it on the field in some limited capacity. And I think that's going to be paramount for communication between all of the units and really just being able to translate what you learned in a book onto the grass that's going to be something that's really significant and they the panthers really are going to need to do that especially because they have a new coaching staff that's a that's a great point and a a great projection of kind of where we'll be like you said when we get to that mid-august because as will said it's all called training camp but it feels nothing like a regular training camp um so that a great point great point miles um in terms of what we can expect over the next few weeks, hopefully, if everything uh, pans out. Um, I want to talk about a a new stat uh, that you two are, is it fair to say, excited about, interested in? That's come out from NFL Next Gen Stats. Um, It's called Expected Yards Per Carry, and it is designed, well, you're a Panther stat guy, so, so make sure I've got this right. It is designed to isolate a little bit more about a running back's performance and not only their performance and, and how much better they are doing than they are expected to do and it takes into account uh, positions on the field um what the line looks like it's trying to take in a bunch of factors to say okay this is what a running back should do based on the formation based on what's going on um and this is how much better they did than they were expected to do how, how did i do on that okay Pretty passable and, c and c plus I'm, I'm okay i'm only gonna make it I'm only going to make it way more 
uh, way more complicated. So this is just going to, I'm going to go 15 seconds so I don't like go down my rabbit hole. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, essentially, essentially the, the problem with this is that it's hard when all you're seeing is a number. So there's two numbers really involved. One is again, at the expected rushing average. So you take a team over the course of the season and let's say the Panthers were expected to average 4.4 yards per carry. That number is based off of all these factors that go in, you know, the, um, how good the offensive line was, how many times the defense put uh, more men in the box versus less, how many times, uh, you know, what different formations or how many running backs were in the backfield or extra blockers, uh, those sorts of things. But it's just a number, you know, there's, it's kind of hard to, to really know where that number comes from because that's the number you have. Um, and then the other part of it is then a, applying to the running back. So based on that number, you take how many yards did a Christian McCaffrey actually get and the yards above expectation is, you know, the, the difference between those. So um, I think that the stat was that he was fourth in the NFL in yards above expectation. Yes. Which means that, you know, he got a lot of yards and he was really not expected to based on, uh, you know, all the different factors, both on offense and what defenses are trying to do. I mean, I think it's good that it takes it, it takes teams that are trying to establish the run um, you know, put more blockers in there, defenses that maybe are are going against a really good passing offense. And so they're not putting as many people in the box. So a runner that gets a lot of runs on third and 17, if he gets 15 yards there, like, what does that really mean? You know, is that like a, is that a good stat? Is that not a good stat? I think it tries to take more of that into account. Um, and, you know, more the more data points we have to, to argue over, you know, the better for people like us, right, Miles? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like the, I like the stat basically because I think it helps you understand why a running back is good or not good. And it puts into context like things that you think you might see on the field that you you that don't necessarily are that are not necessarily quantifiable. Like I think sometimes, you know, runs after contact that can be a little bit misleading. But if you're talking about expected yards per carry, and I'll, I'll just use this example because I covered the team last year, the Raiders had a guy in Josh Jacobs, who some people thought should have been rookie of the year over Kyler Murray, offense rookie of the year over Kyler Murray, which I mean, I can go back and forth on that. I see the arguments for both. But when you look at Josh Jacobs, his expected yards per carry was so much lower um, than what his actual yards per carry were, right? So, they're in the, however they manage, they uh, they measure it. So, if you look at that article, and I think we've posted it, both of us have posted it on Twitter, Will. Um, if you look at that article, you can see exactly why he was that much more effective. And so, when we were watching him last year, and it always seemed like Josh Jacobs was breaking a tackle and making things look better than they really should have looked or falling to get that extra yard and, you know, lowering the shoulder, doing things like that. That's where that value comes in. And it also comes in through somebody like Christian McCaffrey, which is part of why I'm so excited to get to see him play this year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a, it's a great list. I would highly recommend everyone reading about it. Um, it's, as you said, Josh, so Christian McCaffrey's fourth. Um, the only guys ahead of him are Josh Jacobs, as you mentioned, who was third, Miles. Uh, Nick Chubb came in second, and then Derrick Henry was first. Um, I, I like it. It's like you said, Will, we're always trying to get more data points. We're always trying to isolate kind of the thing that we see, uh, you know, we're trying to quantify the thing that we see um, when we're watching the game. Like, wow, how did he do that? Wow, he really fought for that. Wow, that was 
awesome, kind of that. And this this stat kind of gives data points to that feeling of, of what you see when you watch someone like CMC. Um, also, did you guys read in that article, I just wanted to point this out, where they were talking about, of course, how explosive he is. He registered 50 runs over 15 plus miles per hour, which is just insane. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that man's fast. <laughs> <laughs> He does, no. not, he does not get caught in the open field, that's uh, for sure. No kidding. That reminds me of that that social distancing video that the Panthers put out a few yeah. a few months ago with CMC. I love that one. That's one of my all-time favorites. All right, we are going to put um, football on the back burner for just a minute because uh, we got to talk about the MLS brand launch. Charlotte awarded the 30th franchise. This is a big moment. This is huge. This is going to tie this city together. It's going to be new Charlotte. We're going to have one big party every day. You ready to party? Our name is Charlotte Football Club, but we are bigger than one city. We were born an expansion team. We don't believe in starting small. We only know how to go big. So Miles and I found out about it with everyone else earlier today um, at 11. But Will, this is something that you and uh, a lot of our coworkers have been working on, have put a lot of heart and soul into, a lot of sweat and tears, I would imagine. And now we finally know that the MLS team here in Charlotte will be the Charlotte Football Club. We've got the the blue and black colors. We've got the, the crest with the crown on it. I love that it says minted 2022 on the sides of the crest. I, I really, I love everything about it. I can't wait to get my merch. Um, so, Will, I just want to say congratulations to, to you and all of our other coworkers that have worked so hard on this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was definitely one of those things where, you know, just like everything, you know, COVID kind of threw this off a little bit. Um, I, I think the initial idea was that this was going to go a little bit earlier in the spring. But um, because of all the, the, the things that changed with COVID and then obviously last Friday, um, MLS announcing that they were pushing back uh, the seasons um, or initially it was 2021 that they were going to play first. And now it's 2022 just so that MLS, because, you know, they're just now playing 2019, you know, so they're, they're already a little behind schedule and, you know, what, what COVID has done to kind of all these things. Um, but it's, it was, it was really great to, to kind of see this going today. It's hard. It's, it's really nice to hear from you guys because, you know, when you're kind of in the middle of the forest and, you know, sometimes some trees burn down right on top of you, which happened at 1058 today, <laughs> Um, you, you know, it's just, it's hard to really kind of to, to see, to see how everyone else can see it. Um, so that, that's been, that's been nice to kind of hear and feel that. Absolutely. And, and like I said, I found out with everyone else, Miles, I have a question for you. Okay. Did you try to slip? Did you try to ask anybody like, Hey, can you give me a hint? Cause I'll admit it. I did. No one taught you guys will you and everybody else who knew it locked it down. Um, and I tried to just like once or twice, I was like, so what's the, what's the deal? What's the latest? I didn't ask Will, but I asked a couple of my other coworkers and there was no, there was no chance that I was going to even get a hint. Miles, did you do that too? Or were you just excited to find out with everybody else? I did not. I was excited to find out with everybody else. Like, you know, it's it's one of those weird things where if we were in the office, I probably would have like had one of those side conversations, but since we're not, I I'm I'm an awkward enough human being anyway <laughs> that like trying to do that over a virtual interaction just I don't think it would have gone well for me. <laughs> if we were in the office, Miles, I would have just had to like take every call like back in the bathroom just because you could have just heard from across the room and it's like oh well can you Will imagine the bathroom to talk about soccer again <laughs> i 
just, I mean, I didn't, you know, I just said someone would mention if I were working with someone else, they would say, oh yeah, you know, the brand launched. And I was like, so how's that going? Like any hints, you know, come on, you sure you don't want to tell me? <laughs> really? I mean, it was like Ford Knox. I, and I'm very impressed. Um, but it was great to see, you know, I was definitely the kid that went snooping for my Christmas presents. So, um, but it was great to, <laughs> to see the reveal with, with everyone else. Um, I got to admit, I am not, I've never you know, had a huge, um, what's the word? I, I've never been a huge soccer fan before, but I am so excited to to jump into this, to now have an MLS team to, to follow MLS. Um, Will, do you have any tips for me? Um, me. I, I'd say, yes, yeah, start with, start with I, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I, I've started with the Premier League as of last year. Like, I, I didn't really follow soccer either and it's been fun um because i kind of like so many americans adopted a premier league team and so i've been following them throughout the summer and that's what's kind your of premier like league team the wolves or just wolves i don't think it's the where do okay. they play i i all right I, this is i shouldn't be i should not be saying this on a public radio or podcast institution, but <laughs> public radio wolves? public npr npr this is npr <laughs> all things considered with miles <laughs> Um, I prefer fresh wolves, air, but I guess wolves are from uh, Wolverhampton. That's why it's so cool. Literally, you know, everyone, every other premier, you know, have these names that are based on like the city or the the town that they're in, and theirs is just a mascot that's a nickname of Wolverhampton. I like that. I mean, look, I don't know where straight... Wolverhampton is, but you know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you should find it out if it's your team. Uh, yeah, Miles and I are going to need to take a, a crash course, um, but we'll be ready. We'll be ready for that that first game. But I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm so excited. Are we doing things like? Do we call it a pitch? Is that? Do we call it that in MLS as well? I think so. Will, are you're? I'm making you the definitive expert. I, on all I, these. I'm, I'm, I think we're. I think MLS has really kind of adopted the universal soccer. Um, you know, language, you know, all of the, all of the terms, I think like the, the ups, up, uh, the standings are like the table and then like your upcoming oh. games are fixtures oh, for instead of like what? schedule, it's fixtures instead oh, of team. I'm going to start using club. that. I do oh, know. Yeah. Club. You know, instead of coach kit. manager, yeah, we got the kits instead of uniform. Yeah. The kit. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Miles, we got some work to do, uh, before 2022, but congratulations to, to everyone involved with the Charlotte Football Club. It's so exciting, so excited for all the fans um, and and that we have our own football club here in Charlotte. Um, all right, well, you mentioned mascots. You just said uh, the Wolves and Wolverhampton, that, you know, very straightforward way uh, to, to name your mascot. But you came up with this week's weird question of the week, and it is in honor of a Charlotte Football Club releasing all of their branding and, you know, Washington's football team getting a new name. Um, do you want to ask the question to us? Because I love this question. Yeah. So it, what is and I guess we'll keep it mostly like American pro college sports. Like, what do you guys think is the most overused mascot name? And what is an underused one that should be used more? OK, I'm I'm ready to go. This is. I've been waiting my whole life for someone to ask me the question about what oh needs to be used more. <laughs> okay, so um, I think pro teams are, are pretty good about being original. So I really kind of thought more about college teams. I mean, I think Bulldogs are obviously, I think they are the most o overused, overutilized mascot, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go Owls because 
they're not the fierce like how, why do so many teams want to be the owls and that is you know no shade to to anyone who's listening if you went to a school where your mascot is the owl i'm just curious who's like yeah we're going to be intimidating like we are going to be fierce let's go owls i've also heard recently that they're not as smart as people think they are um so I just don't quite. So I much did, owl hate on the podcast today. Uh, I'm gonna go out and get it. I'm gonna go out and get attacked by an owl yes, uh, next time I'm yes, taking my trash are. out. It's happening. Um, well, no. I mean, it's just I, I get bulldogs. I get you know, uh, what's another one like a an eagle, a golden eagle, something. You know, those are very very common ones. But I, I just don't get the owl. Like, what's the appeal for everyone? Um, now. <laughs> Now here, if you, you really want to do all of the like the underutilized or like overutilized first, and then do underutilized. Okay, all right. So Miles, what's your overutilized? Okay. Uh, first of all, I don't like mascots that much. I mean, Surper, <laughs> Surper, and I have not met. But oh, I'm he's sure coming! Surper I hope he comes be... after you. All right. Here's. I was just gonna say, I'm sure Surper will be all right with me. I, I have no problem with Surper. I got no problem with Rampage. That was the Rams mascot. You know, we got along just fine. But other than that, man, I just, I'm not. I'm not a mascot fan. I don't like them. I love mascots. I, I, I just, especially. <laughs> so I, I, you know, the one that's overutilized and underutilized. I'll, it's the same thing to me. This gritty from the the Flyers, the Philly Flyers. You seen this thing? It looks like. Do it's not disrespect. No, do not disrespect gritty. You just went on. You just went totally in on owls. I'm gonna disrespect whoever <laughs> I want at this point. I, look, I mean, I understand why the thing is appealing, and you know, I, I, I'm telling you, man. I just mascots. They're not. I just don't. I no. Oh my gosh! Uh, Wait. So I'm not your a answer child is anymore. that gritty is is too used and both not used enough. <laughs> is yes, that your that answer? Exactly. That is exactly oh what I just God. said. Yes, and it doesn't make any sense, but that's just the answer I'm going with. All right, Miles oh. doesn't get to talk on the second one. It, it, so I'm going to do my overutilized, <laughs> and then it's all Kristen for the rest of it. <laughs> um, so what do you got, Will? Is, all right, so I'm completely insulting both my own alma mater and teams that I've worked for, and I'm sorry. But I think that all of these various versions of the same animal, like the wildcat, bobcat, catamount, bearcat, cougar, I mean, dare I say, eh, panther's a little bit different. But, like what they're all like the same thing and they're everywhere how many wildcats bobcats catamounts bearcats cougars are there out there that are all just like these don't exist in this part of the country where this (laughs) happens to be a mascot like when was the last time anyone seen a wildcat and knew how it looked different from a bearcat or a bobcat i don't know i I will say i will say my uncle had a stuffed bobcat it was like taxidermied that would like sit at the front of his entrance oh to his house for years so i know exactly what a bobcat looks like but is I, I don't know what i'm i don't know what i'm revealing there i don't know uh what are the byus what is byu whatever they're whatever cat they're the cougars they are. right or okay, he the yeah. mascot is a cougar well if that that cougar can dance man so like that's a different mascot i'm actually a fan of that mascot too that you know what i'm like i would like to change my answer the byu cougar is not utilized enough and gritty is utilized too much. There we go. Okay, Miles, I just watched, you know, that video of, of him dancing to that. I just want to roll it. I mean, it's like four years old. Yes. I just watched it the yes. other day and I watched it four times in a row. I mean, literally yes, three days great. ago. So. <laughs> I think once a week, you just got to watch it. It just makes you happy. It's so good. Um, All I ever wanted I, was a rolly rolly. I, I mean, who hasn't? 
Uh, I like that one, Will, a lot. That's a really good point. Now we're going to have to, maybe we can have someone on the internet show us the difference between what is a catamount, what's a bobcat, what's a wildcat. Cougars are exempt, though. Um, specifically okay. from from the BYU one. All right, here is my here's what I think the world needs more of in terms of mascots. Are you guys familiar with UC Santa Cruz's mascot, the banana slug? The banana yes. slug is amazing. It's original. It's not fierce, but it's definitely gross. And uh, the colors are awesome. I could not love it more. I think we'd need more banana slugs out there. More, maybe other kinds of slugs. I don't know all the different types, but you know, are there other fruit slugs? Is there an apple slug? I don't know, but I think that we should all get involved. We need less wildcats, bobcats, owls, bulldogs. We need more slug varieties in the mascot game. That's my opinion. What about worms? How would you feel about worms? I'll take you know, a worm. I'll take anything. Yeah. Crab. Let's just get some like random little things. Worms, hermit crabs, uh, scorpions. I don't know. I, I ran out of steam there. <laughs> okay. Also, I know this is an audio podcast, but I'm just looking um, at the banana slug in Google Images, and there's one logo that they have for the banana slug is jacked. It's He's got tons of muscles. <laughs> uh, just Anyone, just Google it uh, if you're listening to this. Just Google it. It's not what I was expecting to see. So... <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Will, what's your what's your one that needs to be more utilized? I think we need more mythical characters. Ooh, like the wizards, like a like, like that type of a, a deal. Sha- a Chanticleer, a version of a chicken from Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Coastal Carolina, uh, the Chanticleer. Yes, I uh, thought that was a, that's Louis. a mythical they're the, chicken. They're the well, yeah, mythical. Um, yeah, mythical, and you know. Otherwise fictional, I guess. Mythical, fictional. All Are we getting into, like, can we go into any, like, a Lord of the Rings, like a Harry Potter? Yes. Like, could we get the Dementors somewhere? Yes, the Dementors would be fantastic. Like, golems, you know, like a bunch of golems. Yeah. <laughs> <or> <laughs> I, but then, essentially, I mean, Gritty is, you would consider, some sort of a mythical mascot, right? I mean, he's not... A clearly defined animal or being, correct? So Miles is out on the. I like mythical beings, but but Miles is going to say no to this. Yeah, I'm going to say no to that. You're right. Oh come Miles on! Is say no to everything. Miles, that is Miles true. Likes nothing. He likes nothing. This is true. I hate fun. All right. Well, I wish I wish the Charlotte Football Club were the Dementors. That was the only thing that could have made that reveal slightly better. But um, what an exciting day! <laughs> Scary though intimidating Fair enough. you know um what an exciting day for for everyone that's working uh with the charlotte football club it's you know a great week for us that we know a little bit more about training camp and and hopefully this is going to continue safely so that we can uh, get back to football soon uh and guys uh, thanks for for doing this uh, every week thanks for putting up with me <laughs> I guess, Will, we should both get a little credit for putting up with Miles sometimes. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's really <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is a blast. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Man. 
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.